Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you guys once again for joining the Nine Innings Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Kevin Thompson, founder and CEO of Nine Innings Capital Group. Thank you guys for joining us. As I always say, subscribe to this channel. As I always say, go and get my book, MLB to CFP, live on Apple Books. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at 9innings at 9icapgroup.com. Send us your questions or go to the website at www.9innings.capitalgroup.com. Schedule an appointment. If you want to listen to our YouTube station, go to YouTube and type in 9innings Capital Group and subscribe to the channel. Also, if you want to listen to the audio version, go to iTunes and type in 9innings Capital Group there and subscribe to the iTunes version. As you know, we're here to do what? Educate, power, and engage. We have a topic today, the topic du jour. This is a fight in our industry, and I want to kind of take the gloves off a little bit and give you guys a little education on whole life versus term insurance. Let's get it. So a lot of us have come to that point where we are looking to protect ourselves. We're looking to protect our family and we're looking for the best product to do so. So what we'll do is we would get a term insurance policy to cover the case of our untimely death to make sure our family has enough cash on hand to basically take care of them for either a predetermined time period or for the remainder of their lives. So depending on how much you would want, a term insurance policy is just that. It is designed to be around for a specific term. What does that mean? For example, whether you get a 10-year, 15, 20, or 30-year policy, that policy is going to be in effect as long as you pay the premiums for that amount of time, whether it be a 10-year period of time, a 15-year period of time, or a 20-year period of time, or in some cases, a 30-year period of time. So term is very easy to understand. It comes with certain riders attached to it as well, whether it be some kind of a disability, waiver of premium, or something in that effect. It also has extended conversion options to it as well. But for the simplicity of today's call, term is basically that. For example, I may buy a a million-dollar term insurance policy. I would have to go through an underwriting process with an insurance company. They would come back with a rating on that insurance, and then I would ultimately say yes or no to that rating based on whatever my rating is. If I'm a non-smoker or I'm just I'm a Olympic athlete, I would get a rating based on my uh, my physical uh, stature at that point, whatever those ratings come back as, and I would basically say okay. Is it 20 bucks a month or 30 bucks a month or 50 bucks a month? Depending on my age, of course, the older you are, the more expensive it's going to be. But that is what term actually is. It's an expense. Just like car insurance, if you don't use it, you lose it, right? So with that being said, term, very easy to understand. You buy it for a specific term. It's their design to pay your family or the people, your loved ones, uh, money to cover, whether it be burial expenses, whether it be cover uh, uh, kids' colleges, or just to, to bring your bring in some cash infusion to cover the loss of income to a breadwinner in the household. So, term, 
Very simple to understand. There's no complexities to it. It's very straightforward. And that's why I have some term on my balance sheet because A, I needed an additional amount to cover my family and B, it's very simple to understand. And I know I'm going to have it for a certain amount of time. Now, here is the quote unquote caveat. The caveat is it is an expense. If you don't die, you don't get any money out of it. And um, ultimately, if you do one of those yearly renewable terms, it could get more expensive as you age. So there's different types of term. There's level term insurance. There's yearly renewable term insurance. There's, there's, there's a type of term insurance that actually is, is a, re a refund of your premiums as well. I haven't come around those uh, nearly as often as I did back uh, 10 years ago when I, once I started. But there are options for that as well, depending on the insurance carrier. Term insurance, again, very easy to understand. Very, it's, ex it's an expense but it's a lot cheaper in regard to the overall outlay on, an, on a monthly or annual basis. So let's go to the other side of the coin, which is permanent life insurance. Permanent life insurance is a, has, has a lot of different, has a lot of different names. You got index universal life, variable, variable, variable universal life, uh, universal life. And you also have, whole life insurance. So today we're going to concentrate on just one of those whole life insurance because I don't want to bore you guys to death first and foremost. So whole life insurance is basically that. This insurance is designed to cover you for your whole life. Hence the name whole life insurance comes in a, bit, a bunch of different flavors. Also with the same benefits in regards to the term insurance policy in regard to the disability portion of it, where you can get a waiver of premium attached to it. So that basically means that if you are disabled, based on the insurance company's criteria, you will be able to forego paying your premium while you're disabled. So, and therefore the insurance company either pays the disability or they just don't allow you to have to pay premiums once in, uh, going forward based on your disability. So you have that. Now, whole life insurance in a nutshell is this. It's insurance that allows you to build a cash value inside of your policy. What does that mean? Well, as you're putting premiums into your policy, you start to accrue what we call cash value. And that cash value is money that you can borrow against, withdraw, or basically take loans against, well, I said borrow against, but take loans against to basically fund other things that you see fit. Now, in the first year of this policy, though, there's not going to be a lot of cash value built up in your policy because it's your first year. So you have a lot of term or sorry, insurance costs attached to that. So when, so don't expect when you buy the permanent life insurance policy in your first year, they're going to have, let's just say your, 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 um, your premium's a thousand dollars. Don't expect to have a thousand dollars worth of cash value in there in that first year. It's not going to happen. Not, like, not likely to happen because it just depends on how your, how your policy is structured. So now with the whole life insurance policy, you pay your premiums. And traditionally, let's just say hypothetically, we had a million dollars of term insurance. It cost us 20 bucks a month for, for a 10-year period, a 10-year policy. Well, in this policy, it may cost you a hundred bucks a month for that same uh, or million dollar death benefit. I'm just I'm just throwing out examples here. That, that could be absolutely incorrect. But the but the premiums are typically higher inside of, of your whole life insurance policy. Now, we talked about the term insurance before. The term insurance is an expense if you don't use it. Now, in your, per in your permanent life insurance policy, there are some benefits to it. 
the benefit's going to be that if you don't end up passing away, now you have accrued all this cash value in your policy. Now, at a point certain later in life when you retire, you put all this money into your policy, you have all this cash value in your policy, you can ultimately use that as an income source inside of retirement. Using it as an income source, what happens? Well, your death benefit is going to fall a little bit. Your cash value is going to fall a little bit. But ultimately, you'll have dividends and things, interest inside the policy that's basically sustaining the policy over a longer period of time. The, the beautiful benefit about whole life insurance, I would have to say, is that the beauty of A, having the ability to use it as an income source inside of retirement, and B, having a permanent death benefit on your balance sheet once you get to retirement, because things do change. Things do change when you get older. You're, you're, you know, when you're younger, you're like, I'm not worried about that. My kids can figure it out on their own. And now you're like, you know what? I want to make sure I have my kids ha have a better, better life than I do. I want to want them to have a better start than, than I had. So those are some of the things to consider now. So which is, which is better in each situation? That's, that's up for debate. One thing I'll say is in most cases, term insurance is, is, is the likely choice because it's simplest to understand. And what I mean by that is that, hey, I'm paying this benefit, I'm getting this death benefit, I'm paying this premium for this amount of time, I understand that, I, I can get that. On the whole life insurance portion, there's a lot of pieces you have to understand. You have to make sure you get with an advisor that understands everything about the policy. And I say everything, I'm not saying just, Oh, well, the cash value is going to do this. This is what the illustration does. No, 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 no. Because if you just look at an illustration and you just say, oh, this is what it's going to do and all this other stuff, you will be upset at what your policy ends up doing in the future because the illustration on that day is not going to be the same thing that happens in the future because there's things that change. Interest rates are changing. So the policy's dividends change. The policy's loan rates may change in the future as well. So you have to understand how all of that works depending on the company that you use. I would say talk to your uh, insurance advisor and get a good understanding of what the policy is telling you. First and foremost, one thing I'll say about whole life insurance is that you have this cash value in your policy and you are able to take loans against it. Let, so let's just say you had $100,000 inside of your cash value at a point certain. So you can take a loan against it at whatever the loan rate is in your policy that's stated on the contract, or you can withdraw some of that money as well. You can't, you can't withdraw 100% of it, but you can withdraw some of that money inside of your policy. You can, you can typically uh, take up to 95% of the cash value out via loan. But what happens when you do that? Well, depending on which direction your company is, if, if it's a direct recognition company or a non-direct recognition company, your policy will not return the same that if you had not ever taken a policy loan. That should be basic one-on-one -on -one understanding, of course. But the idea is if you take a policy loan on your life insurance policy versus not taking one and run that same illustration over the, over the next 20 years, your cash value would be lower in the future. That's just, that's just a given. Even if you pay that loan back a year later, your cash value is going to be lower in the future. Your rates of return are going to be lower in the future. So be very aware of that. If, if an advisor tells you that you can take a loan in your policy and you're going to receive that dividend as if that money was still in your policy, that is absolutely not the case. You will not receive that same level of dividend 
in your policy. Let me restate that. You will not receive the same level of dividend in your policy due to having direct recognition inside of your life insurance carrier. Why is that? Because the loan on the policy is recognized as it being a loan and you, you will get credited a lower dividend on the amount that's being loaned out. That's plain and simple. That's fact. So if, if you have an advisor or a person telling you, oh, you no matter what, if you take that loan, you're going to get a dividend, you will get a dividend, but it's not going to be the same level of dividend that you would have gotten if you, your money would have stayed in the policy. If uh, on the additional amount that's over the over the loan amount in your policy. So be very, very, very aware of what direct recognition is. If you have questions on that, you can contact us or contact your financial advisor, your insurance, your insurance advisor, and have them explain what that actually means to you as well. So one, understanding how the loan provisions work. Two, understanding how much you can withdraw from your policy at any given time. A lot of people think you can withdraw up to the cash value. No, you cannot. You cannot do that. It's a different rate. It's a different amount that you can withdraw out of your policy. So understand how that works as well. A lot of times you part three, a lot of times you're going to see that over a six, seven, eight year time period, you're not even breaking even in your cash value. Have to understand that this is a deferred, uh, a deferred type of account, which basically means that you have to, you have to realize that you're probably not going to break even between five or seven years on, on the amount of money that you put in. But again, that's because you're paying insurance costs up front, paying insurance costs, paying commissions, paying things like that up front inside of your policy. That's that's basically causing a little bit of drag in the beginning. But that's OK, because over the long term, you typically have more cash value in your policy than the money, the amount of money that you put in if you hold the hold the policy enough. Now, I've kind of explained a little bit like that, but I want to kind of go through the crux of this conversation today. Term or is it whole life? Which one works? Well, they both work. They absolutely both work. It just depends on your current situation. A lot of people will say term and invest the difference. I am not opposed to that. If, if that's what you want to do, by all means, go ahead and do it. But make sure you save. Make sure you're saving money and putting money aside and investing money and doing it the right way. Because again, if you're not doing that, if you're just term and spending the difference, you're never going to get to where you want to go. Two, buying a whole life policy, putting money into that and building the cash value, it does work, but you have to have patience. You have to have patience. You have to have an understanding that this is a long-term strategy. And you also have to have an understanding that the rates of return are going to be between what three and five percent, depending on depending on what interest rates are doing. So with that being said, it's this is not an investment. A whole life insurance policy is not an investment. It is insurance. We have to de designate the difference between that. So understanding the fact that one, know what kind of company you have is if it's a direct recognition company Two, understanding how much you can take out via loan or withdrawal. Three, the benefits of understanding that, hey, I have to be patient inside of my policy. And finally, four, from a, whether it be term or whole life, it's just you have to understand that there's a lot of moving parts inside of a whole life insurance policy. A lot of moving parts. It's not just simple. You put money in. This is how much you're going to have. No, you have to understand. Uh, first, first and foremost, your loan rate. You have to you have to understand direct recognition. You have to understand how your policy is going to react when interest rates move up or if they 
Well, the best thing about whole life insurance is that their interest rate correlated positively because when interest rates move up, traditionally insurance companies move up their dividends. You also have to understand that a dividend in an insurance policy is not the same thing as a dividend in a stock or a mutual fund. So just because you get, for example, you have a $10, $10 stock and they're giving you a, 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 a say a 10% dividend, you're not getting credited an additional uh, piece of that dividend in regard to like, say, was it a dollar? Your that dollar is not going into your into your 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 stock and buying additional shares uh, on a policy. It's not doing that. And your stock, you can see, okay, I bought ten percent or whatever my dividend was, and I bought more shares inside of that. You're buying more insurance and you are accumulating cash value, but it's not the same uh, crediting as a mutual fund and or a stock or an ETF. So that's also important to understand. So finally. It's my opinion that a lot of this stuff that we're talking about today is, is a battle in the industry. Investment advisors like myself will say, buy term and invest and call it a day because you're going to have more than enough money in the future to basically pay for, for kids and everything like that. And that, that death benefit is going to go to your family tax-free. Don't worry about it unless that tax-free death benefits inside of a IRA or 401k or something like that. And of course, it's being taxed. But ultimately... Yes, you're gonna get a death benefit because you're gonna you're gonna save a lot of money and your your accounts are gonna go up based on the rates of return of the stock market. Life insurance, on the other hand, whether it be whole life insurance, it's important to understand that yes, you'll have a death benefit there. Yes, you'll have cash value there. Yes, you'll be able to use it as income at a point certain in the future. But one thing I'll say, this is the major, the biggest, biggest thing, and I'm glad you stayed with me on this because you guys are listening to the 980s podcast here by Kevin Thompson, the 980s Capital Group. One thing I find that that is misconstrued inside of the industry itself is that life is not perfect. Life is not always uh, roses. So when you start paying these premiums every single month or every single year, things happen. You may lose a job. You may you may have a, a death in the family. You may have to take in uh, other people's kids. Things happen. Inflation. Things happen, pandemics, things change in regard to what you're able to spend on a monthly basis. And what I find and what happens a lot is that people, the first thing people do is I got, I got to lower my, I got to lower my monthly, pre, monthly premium, on my life insurance policy, or I have to cancel my life insurance policy. So when we have conversations, I want to be more conservative on that standpoint, because having a hundred dollars, $200, $500, $1,000 a month coming out of someone's account. And then something changing in their life and we having to, to absolutely change that. It's a difficult conversation to have. I, I do have four apartment life insurance policies on my balance sheet for my son, one for my wife and two for myself. My son's special needs, as you guys know. So what that means is that I have to have more insurance on my balance sheet to make sure that my family's taken care of. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for joining the 90s podcast. As you know, we're here to do what? Educate, empower, and engage. And today we're here to talk to you about term or whole life insurance, which one is it? The reality is it just depends on your situation. I will say this as well. If you're, if you're concerned about, should I do this? Should, should I do that? Just get some term and think about it. Just get your, get your term, cover your family, cover your, cover everything that needs to be covered. And just think about if this is something that you want to do versus buying the whole life insurance and saying, you know what? I didn't want to do that. Thank you guys again. You listen to the 90s podcast. 
Enjoy your week. Stay humble. Stay safe. See you next week.